Our next guest with Auburn 247. As you know, they do the updates on Facebook. You can go to the uh, website, check it out as well. Brandon Marcello uh, joins us now. Brandon, good morning. How are you? Morning. How are you? Doing beautifully. Uh, kind of an odd presser yesterday in one respect is that Gus Malzahn actually got uh, charged up in the middle of it and went on some uh, long pontificating kind of answers, didn't he? It was kind of interesting to see. Yeah, and uh, he uh, kind of went off script there a little bit. Yeah. He was, really got charged up about uh, social media, which was strange, um, and how everybody's got opinions and, uh, you know, players hear negative things. And it's his job to kind of block it out, make the team focus on him and what their goal is. And uh, it, was, it was a little interesting. He kind of brought it up, uh, oh, I don't know, two or three weeks ago maybe as well. And uh, he uh, did it again um, on a question that was, not even really related to that. So it was interesting. He, he went on kind of a, for about two or three questions there uh, for a while, just talking about social media. And, uh, and he doesn't seem to be a fan of it. <laughs> Brandon, what were your takeaways from the Aggie win and moving forward, some of the things that they did really well at Kyle Field, what will that pay off in the long run against Georgia this week in Alabama down the road? I think that, you know, the players have been playing well the last few weeks anyway, but I, I was I was impressed by the coaching. Um, uh, I think we saw the old Gus Malzahn out there again that we've been missing the last three years. Um, you know, calling a couple timeouts with, you know, under a minute left in the first half to try to set up a block punt, and it worked. Uh, he went for a fake field goal, uh, converted it, but they were called for a hold. Um, he was rolling the dice a little bit. Uh, they called some different plays offensively. Um, nothing too dramatic offensively, but, you know, Gus Malzahn was back to, you know, doing some things that we haven't seen in a few years. He's just being aggressive on special teams and, and seeing some openings there and some great spots to, to make the call and, and and he wasn't afraid to do it on the road. Uh, I was impressed by that. I thought Chip Lindsey called a good game. Um, and then of course, you know, outside of the coaching, you know, carry on Johnson just seems to be getting better each week. Uh, on, and that, that's, that's huge for Auburn. Uh, Cause when they're at their best and they're guessing miles on, they've got one running back who just seems to be getting stronger and better as the season goes along and, and carry on Johnson certainly seems to be going down that path. So th those are the two things that really kind of stood out to me. And this should only fortify with Georgia coming in as opposed to being, you know, I kind of look at Alabama LSU as you get some of your life beat out of you and then you got to go play Mississippi state. This is the reverse of that. Yeah. Um, and you know, Auburn's really healthy, you know, going into this game. They've got a couple of linemen they're still kind of worried about a little bit. But outside that and Cameron Petway being out of action uh, to at least the Iron Bowl, but probably all the way to the bowl game, um, I think that uh, they feel good about the personnel they have and the kind of the groove they're in. 
Um, and, you know, going forward, um, they can keep staying healthy. You know, they they legitimately feel like they've got a shot against Georgia and Alabama uh, with the way they're playing right now and in the way, um, you know, the personnel is stacking up. And, you know, uh, at least on paper, I can see where they, they would think that. I mean, Auburn's, you know, their five SEC wins have all been pretty much blowouts. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, they're feeling pretty confident right now. What will be Auburn and Kevin Steele's attack of the two-headed beast that is the running back duo that's gained over 1,500 yards and I believe, what, like 18 touchdowns, something crazy like that between Michelle and Chubb? I think they'll be the number one uh, goal for them is to stop them. I don't. I, I think they'll just say, hey, Jake Fromm, throw it if you want. But, you know, Georgia's throwing the ball, I think, more than – or, excuse me, running the ball more than, like, 70% of the time. So, Auburn's really probably going to have to sell out against that run and uh, trust their their corners and their secondary to go man-to-man, which, you know, they've been doing most of the season anyway. So, um, they've just got to make sure to contain them. Don't, don't let them bounce anything outside. And also, between the tackles, just fill those gaps. Those linebackers have got to step up. Um, if they can slow down, not necessarily stop those two, but slow them down and try to make Jake Fromm beat them with their with his arm, uh, that that allows Auburn to maybe tee off on him a little bit. But the key in this game is going to be slowing down that run game. If they, if they can't slow down that run game, it's going to be a long night. Brandon Marcello, our guest here on the Birds Bar and Pizza Hotline, Birds Bar and Pizza, right there at the um, Lakeview District. Check them out for all the college football there. So uh, you're right, and Auburn knows they're going to do that. Georgia knows they're going to do that. So what do we expect here? Georgia to throw on early downs maybe coming out? Give them some safe throws, loosen them up a bit, or or be stubborn I mean, and we're going to run it, you know? I don't know. I, if I was Georgia, I'd stick with what's been working until it's not working. Um, I don't think I would come out and do anything differently to start the game. Uh, but then adjust from there based off of what Auburn's uh, doing or able to stop. Um, if they're not able to stop the running game, you know, you just keep going with it. Um, I think that uh, another big thing for Georgia is, you know, I know they played at Notre Dame and they beat Notre Dame, but if you remember that Notre Dame game, they had a lot of Georgia fans there, mm-hmm. a lot. And I think this game is really going to be their first true big huge road game where it's like an obvious uh you know home field advantage for the opponent uh for georgia and i'm interested to see how that freshman quarterback responds to that you know if the if the going gets tough for a driver too uh, because you know auburn defenses they've done a good job but interestingly they just haven't been turning the ball over a lot uh forcing turnovers and i think in a game like this you've got to force a few two or three uh, to win it, and uh, if, they, if they can get in uh, that quarterback set, um, they've got a shot. You mentioned Carryon Johnson and what he's been able to do the last couple of weeks; been pretty incredible. But I wanted to ask you about Jared Stidham because it appears as the season has gone along, he has felt more comfortable in the pocket, unlike he did in the Clemson game. But Clemson will make a lot of people feel uncomfortable in the pocket. Just talk to about his maturation process and what this down the stretch, what Pat Dye used to call aim and corner what that could mean for Jared Stidham and this program potentially getting in the college football playoff. 
Yeah, you know, if you look at the early part of that Texas A&M game, you know, he started 10 of 10 of passing, but it just didn't seem like he was clicking. It was very strange. You know, he hit every pass, but, you know, he was sacked two times in the first quarter. There's a lot of pressure in his face, and, you know, even in the press box we were going, man, this certainly seems a lot like the way he was performing against Clemson. I mean, he's hitting his passes, but there's nothing big. Uh, they're all screen passes, but then he settled down and started finding his rhythm uh, and did a great job. And, and uh, you know, we've got a piece on our website right now kind of dissecting it. It may have very well been his best performance uh, of of the season overall just based on what he did. And, you know, he's the SEC's most accurate passer at this point. Uh, he's been, been at that spot for about a month and a half now. Um, he just continues to kind of tear it up. Um, and what's really made him uh, really, really good, not only is he accurate on the deep ball, but he's really setting up the receivers very well with some of these screen passes. Um, he's whipping it out there quickly, and uh, they've had some huge gains these last few weeks, not from throwing it deep, but throwing these quick tunnel screens, bubble screens, and now screens. Uh, that have turned into big games. And it's those type of plays that are going to loosen up defenses. I know throwing the ball deep can loosen up the defense, but those screens can as well. They're almost like a big run play. And uh, I think that adding that to his repertoire and what he's been able to do um, has really made this Auburn offense a lot more deadly. Brandon Marcello, our guest, Auburn 247 on the Birds Bar and Pizza hotline. As you look at Georgia, uh, from the Auburn perspective, how about Georgia defensively? Their linebackers have been just uh, raved about. They're they're really good. I mean, is this a is this a slugfest seventeen fourteen game as you look at it? It possibly could be. You know, the thing that I would be concerned about if I was Auburn would be the the offensive line for Auburn because it's just been a kind of a a mash unit for about the, the last month. They're trying to figure out who to put where, you know, they had to pull two linemen at Texas A&M and figure things out uh, during the first quarter and it ended up working, but you know, they better have their best guys out there early against Georgia and be able to click early because this is going to be the toughest defense they've faced since probably Clemson. Um, you know, uh, they face some good ones, LSU and even A&M to a certain extent with some of their pass rushers, but this Georgia defense is a little bit different. They're going to pin their ears back. They've done such a great job throughout the entire season. Um, there's a reason why they're number one. It's not necessarily their offense. Uh, it, I think it's because of that defense and what they've been able to do. Since the last time we talked to you, Brandon, uh, Jay Jacobs made it official. He says he's going to step down as athletic director at Auburn sometime between now and June of 2018. Meanwhile, what are you hearing in regards to the early leaders in the clubhouse for names that potentially could replace Jay Jacobs? Well, I think that a move will probably be made uh, before the first of the year. Um, if, if, if I had to guess, and based off of some of the things I'm hearing, you know, the, a lot of names have been bandied about. Um, at this point, to be quite honest, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Stephen Leith, the president, kind of goes, uh, not necessarily against the grain, but just goes and gets a name that has really no Auburn connections or uh, has been mentioned and uh, goes and hires that person. But with that said, 
names that make sense and 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 in fact um i'll mention one here in a minute and, and give you some more background but you know michelle mccann doyle who's a cio for the nfl and is an auburn grad uh you know uh, whit babcock at virginia tech who's got some auburn ties was uh an associate ad of for about five years here at one point. Um, you know, even Jeff Long at Arkansas I've heard his name. Hmm. Um, That's interesting. But I, I, some, some folks believe that, that the name that uh, maybe is the leader at this point is David Benedict, the athletics director at UConn, who was at Auburn for two years, was really Jay Jacobs' right-hand man and was responsible for a lot of a lot of deals and projects, including them signing a nine-year deal with Under Armour and then trying to piece together a plan to renovate Jordan-Hare Stadium that didn't really come together. Um, he's only been at UConn for less than a year now, but that, that, that's a guy that uh, you know could possibly uh, be uh, the leader in the clubhouse at this point. We're not in the clubhouse, but I think that, though, that Stephen Lee's really keeping us close to the vest I think here, maybe in the next few days, we're actually going to hear him uh, explain what his parameters are for this search and how he's going to handle it. But I, everything I've been told is that he's already got names in it, on his mind and has probably reached out to them even before Jay announced his uh, "quote unquote" you know retirement or whatever. Um, but having said that, um, I think it's pretty, you know. Early at this point, for anybody to be saying, "Well, this is probably going to be the person," because I believe the only person who really knows what's going to be happening at this point is uh, the president, Stephen Leeds, and with him being so new on campus, uh, I think it's kind of a tough egg to crack and figure out what he's going to do. Final thought on basketball: Chuck Person gone, that was inevitable. Um, it's hard to even predict, but just what's a thought on the two players uh, there with Purifoy? And Wiley. Well, you know, they're they're really going to miss them. I know that. Um, you know, we'll see if they can figure out a way to feel comfortable playing them and feel like they're eligible. Um, you know, I've heard some things about how maybe the compliance department's feeling a little bit more confident about putting a case together where uh, they can get them back on the court this season. But having said that, you know, Wiley and Purifoy on the court or not, Auburn's got issues defensively. Um, and that was just an exhibition game, but allowing 100-plus points in overtime and 84 points in regulation to a Division II team, that's bad. And it's a continuation of their bad defense last season. Uh, which was really bad. And you're just not going to win a lot of games doing that. You can't keep trying to outshoot everybody, um, even at home, and and expect to win every game. And almost got to play some defense. And that that comes down to not talent. It comes down to effort and coaching. And, you know, uh, to be honest, I mean, uh, the, the coach that was in charge of defense last season was Chuck Person. And again, they do a very good job with that. And then obviously the allegations came out and his arrest came out. Now, because of that, two players are, are sitting on the bench or actually not even at games now. Um, uh, there's one person you could point to for two of the biggest 
detriments to this team, the bad defense and the players sitting. And that's Chuck Person, a Auburn man, self-described. And uh, he's kind of ruined things for everybody right now. Yeah. Um, and not just based off the arrest. He just did a bad job last season, and it's continued into this year uh, defensively. They've got to fix that to have a chance this year. I know everybody wants to talk about Austin Wiley and Daniel Pierre Floyd, but they have got to fix their defense. 